Good morning, Gallahorns. Two old bloggers. Go at it. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here, and I want to wish everybody a happy Easter. Also with me on Good Morning Gallahorns, two old bloggers, is Darren from the Frozen North. How are you doing, Darren? I'm doing well, Dave. Happy Easter to everybody out there. And uh, if you weren't raised a Christian, <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't, it, it, and it's just another weekend to you. Well, happy Sunday to you. Yes. Hey, it's been a long week. Uh, we've had free agency sort of wind down a little bit. There probably still be a little bit more, but nothing spectacular. Mike Zimmer had his press conference this week, and he feels rejuvenated. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he, did, he didn't look very game. rejuvenated at the end of last year. No, he didn't. Um, but you wanted to talk about that this week. What has gone on that you think affects the Vikings and will go into 2021? I want to do a touch on like the basically with the the first phase. Or can we say, because it's COVID time, the first wave of, <laughs> of, of, of free agency. But uh, just kind of recapping like what has happened and what the Vikings sure. have done and what we, what we like and maybe what we are not as keen on. But I think overall, it, it, it's hard to tell because I'm not on all of a, a number of Viking pages. But the sense I'm getting from the Viking fans that, that I do uh, interact with is that they were uh, pretty happy with with what we did in free agency on the defensive side of the ball. Like they, everybody seemed to think that the Tomlinson signing was like a uh, like maybe not a grand slam, but uh, uh, but at least a solo or a two run homer. If you want to use the baseball analogies, because baseball has already started. <laughs> we're you know we're two or three games in, so that means that that we're getting close to summer, which is always a good time. Uh, I think even though I was not as bullish as some, uh, you know, I think most people were pretty thrilled to get Patrick Peterson, even if it's the 2021 Patrick Peterson, especially when you consider what we had that cornerback last year, a lot of times, I think that, uh, you, you, you know, liked, liked, we, we, I think you and I were hoping and we're hoping Mac Alexander would come back, that the Vikings yes. would bring him back. We got that done, uh, at a, at a very cheap price. Mm-hmm. Um, the Xavier Woods signing, if you can get Woods playing 2019 version or basically any version of him outside of 2020, I think that is a nice replacement to Ant Harris. Uh, he might not be peak Ant Harris, but he's going to be better than peak Josh Metellus or peak <laughs> Luther Vandross Kirk. Uh, well, so I've, that heard, was, I've heard him comped as, um, Sendejo, but without the uh, blue on blue tendency of uh, you know over injuring his own players. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm, yeah, so Woods at the price he's at, and you know another guy that we signed like to a one year low cost deal. Uh, I'm I'm good with that. I th- even thought that the the vigil signing even lower cost. 
here's a guy that uh, at worst he's going to be a good special teams player and we had special teams issues last year up the yin yang he can he can help you there he provides uh, good linebacker depth if you're not going to bring back todd davis or somebody like that and if you get the nick vigil from 2018 you got a guy who can actually start for you as that third linebacker which we know for the vikings they don't play a whole lot. Like they're playing like 30 to 40% of the snaps, if defensive that. snaps probably. Yeah. yeah. If that, and, and, and then, you know, you don't have to, and you can let him compete with Troy die or another linebacker or two that you draft this year. So I liked all those signings. Um, you know, even the trading for, for Cole was, uh, even though his grades were not very good as a center, but as a guard, maybe better. And you got him for a six round pick and you know that what's our record on six round picks for the last yeah, several it's, years? Not it's pretty poor. You're getting a, so yeah, you're getting you're getting a guy who you're you're getting a guy who's played in the league, who started. He gives you good depth of nothing else, and uh, and yeah, it's it's like getting a six rounder that makes the team and can actually contribute. So uh, you know, I was okay with that, and we know that Drew thought that Cole was an excellent signing because he's from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> So they did a lot of they did a lot of things to, to to I think shore up the defensive side of things. Still some depth problems at safety. Still still some depth problems at linebacker. Uh, and I'm not really still jazzed about. Depending on what happens with Hunter, we could have an issue at at end. Um, you know, getting Weatherly back was nice, just because I feel he's a depth piece. But I don't right. love him love him as a starter. Uh, but that maybe that's where DJ Wanham comes in. If he makes the leap, that's maybe where you draft a guy in the first round. Um, it, it, you know, if somebody comes up that, that you really value the, the only, but the thing is, I guess the, the thing that everybody was disappointed about, I think with the free agency was that if you want to get Viking fans to lose their shit, tell them that Dakota Dozier is still on the team <laughs> yeah. and that he might that be start, you might be your, might be your starting guard. I think, uh, it was just one signing, but that kind of was like almost popping the big balloon for free agency to find out that we re- re-signed him. And then, you know, he was the starter last year. And who do we have to challenge him at guard right now? Well, like a Cole maybe Cole. or Samia. Um, well, not Samia. Not... was worse than he was. Yeah. But I did read where uh, Dakota Dozier was offered veteran minimum by multiple teams – However, he asked to stay with the Vikings because he knows Rick Dennison. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we have to resign him, but I agree. Nor does it mean he has to make the final fifty-three if the Vikings yeah. can figure out some either to draft or in what's remaining of free agency to plug the that hole at least that one hole we may have two oh we already have two holes but it depends where that second hole is right i think that uh, the the one problem or one concern i have with the draft and potentially filling that guard spot with the draft is just that we don't have that second round pick and i don't right now and i don't think that there's a what i've been reading and and if tyler was on the on the call here and i don't think he is yet he hasn't he he hasn't made his he doesn't made his presence known but i think the best guard is supposed to be wyatt davis and he's not even maybe a first round guy that people are going to pick in the first round Uh 
if we're going to get a guard or somebody interior, it's going to have to be third round unless we, you don't want to spend the fourth number 14th pick on a guard. I think this year, no. Um, no. and maybe some, not even a late some fans will, but no, Mm-mm. and maybe not even a late first rounder if we were to trade back, but Veritucker we don't have a, yeah. Considered the best. And, uh, and he may be late first round, but just to play, Guard a first round draft choice seems like a waste. You're overvaluing somebody that you can traditionally find in the third and fourth rounds. Traditionally, if you're a team with competent scouting department, no line coaches. But I don't. It, it if if we get to fourteen on draft night, right, and yeah. they go Vikings are on the clock. And sure enough, Viking selection is in, and they choose guard. Most of Vikings Twitter will blow a gasket. The other half mm-hmm. will love it, but it's. I, I yeah, they, I have seen a few mocks. You've probably seen even more, and maybe you've participated in some of them because you do that mock every Monday, mock right? But, Monday, but uh, mock, yeah, yeah, mock draft Mondays. Watch. Watch it out there, folks. Uh, good fun, but the uh, but yeah, Vera Tucker. I, I've seen him go to the Vikings uh, in quite a few mocks, even at fourteen. Uh, but that's because he's kind of a quasi tackle guard. He could he could go either way, and and so you know if he was going to be mm-hmm. potentially a tackle, then yeah, fourteen. I think a lot of us feel that the Vikings probably are going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. In which case, it would be a it's going to be going to be a tackle because, like you say, you don't often draft unless it's Steve Hutchinson you're getting. You're right. probably not drafting a, a guard early in the first, if at all. Uh, and that so the, the defensively in free agency, I feel that we 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 made a lot of smart, prudent, financially wise moves. We didn't commit a lot of money to people, and we didn't commit it for a long period of time. And if you look at particularly with the the secondary, getting Woods, so he'll start opposite Hunter Smith. Hopefully, he stays healthy. Hopefully, they both do. Still likes to see some more depth there. But the whole thing of having Peterson, Mac Alexander, Gladney, and Dantzler as your top four, that is a lot more uh, – that's a lot – I can live with that a lot better than I could live with if it was Gladney, Dantzler, and whoever else. And, uh, and, we and then, you know, we, we still – supposedly healthy. So we got five it, people that can start in the corner. But is – but less sorry, Dave. You, you're more up on like the whole contract thing than I am. But what is like Hughes is is he isn't he like a free agent like right nope. now because we didn't we didn't offer him the the. No, he's in his fourth that... year of his rookie contract. Oh, right. We did not See? we did not take up the fifth year extension. Right. But he's in his yeah. fourth year. He's under our control all this season. Okay, yeah. See, I was, yeah, I get. I should know that. I was getting confused because, yeah, again, after the third year, the the the, when it comes to the fourth year, the question always is, are you going to up the fifth year? Mm-hmm. And the Vikings didn't do that wisely. Uh, but yeah, he's still sorry. Yeah, I should know that he's a first rounder. He has four. He's under a four year contract, so he's also in the in the fold and hasn't really played very well when we've seen he's him play hurt. lately. But he's been hurt all the time. Uh, I don't know what the status is with his neck injury. That's uh, been a problem for him for the past year and a bit. 
What's and, been reported uh, is he is fully healthy. Yeah, and we know he's, we know he's, yeah, yeah, we know we know Hughes was talented coming when we drafted him. That he was a, a top ranked corner. Uh, people disagreed with the Vikings drafting a corner at the time, but there wasn't much question, I think, about his ability. Um, it's just been since he's been here when he has played, he hasn't been that impressive, but he hasn't really played a lot and he's been injured a lot. Uh, so to have him as your fifth guy, uh, and you know, I think, yeah, yeah, depth, depth, depth. That's nice. He started maybe not always very effective, but he has started and that's better than some real good stuff. Better than starting Chris Jones or whoever else. And, you know, even, and then let's not forget Chris Boyd and Harrison Hand. I think uh, Hand is going to be a uh, like he's going to be part of a uh, a trivia question someday. Who is the last person to intercept Drew Brees? And I believe be. Harrison Hand was would be that guy because he had that interception in the second half on Brees down near the the end zone when New Orleans decided to pass for some reason, <laughs> even though every time they handed off the ball, the Camaro scored a touchdown. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think that Breeze threw an INT in the final game. Uh, so, and then Hand made a few plays here and there, and he's a fifth-round guy, and there's development there. And, and Boyd played a fair bit until he got hurt. So those are like seven guys right there who have played a decent amount, and they're, most of them are young. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of liking, yeah I'm kind of liking how the how the Vikings defensive secondary on the cornerback side is shaping up. At safety, I'm happy with the the two starters we've got, but after that it's kind of barren as to after that it's Josh Metellus, yeah, and then a bunch of people that you'd go who, yeah, but the Vikings had a lot of holes. They still have some holes. They didn't have a whole lot of money. How are you going to fix that? Yeah. I, when we talked a couple of two or three or three weeks ago or something about free agency, I was saying I kind of I don't like it when you do what the Patriots did this year, which is like you sign a whole shitload of guys for big money. And I like it if you identify one or two key guys and then you, you, you know, fill with supplementary uh, signings after that, like a vigil, uh, like a Mac Alexander. Uh, but even Woods at the money we got for him is, mm-hmm. is, is, is not like a, like a high-priced kind of thing. A lot of these guys are not under contract for very long, one season, and they're not, we're not spending a whole lot of money on them. I'm okay with Tomlinson was the big, and Tomlinson and Peterson were the big signings, and Tomlinson is the only guy that we've signed for more than a year. Right. Uh, I think free agency we did a pretty good job using the money we had and going after – you know, signing players who would fill holes that we had. That's my feeling anyway. Well, you're not the only one that believes that. So does uh, Mike. Zimmer. I think what we've done in free agency <clears throat> so far is allowed us to, to be able to take the best player available wherever he is. See? Mike Zimmer agrees with you. Yeah, my, I would like that. That I don't want I don't want Mike Zimmer mad at me. I think that would be like a very scary situation. <laughs> now I don't know. How, I don't believe I don't we're Mike at is. best player available status yet, but he does. But that's the message to put out pre-draft oh, yeah. time. Right? And, and yeah. he's going to. You know, yeah. most teams are going to try to do that. Hey, we got every position filled. All we take the best guy on the yep. board. 
We're not yep. targeting a quarterback or a guard or a tackle. No. Yep. <laughs> it's all smoke at this point in time. Except yeah. the, the Jag, Jaguars are not putting up much smoke. They're pretty, no, pretty much they're... saying, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, you can book it right now. Well, well they still put out, uh, who are, you, are you going to pick Trevor Lawrence for first? They said, well, eh, we'll see, you know, basically. And it's, yeah. you don't, if they're, if, if you're the NFL, right, you want to hype the draft, right? Yeah. So you want to leave that, even if it's an itty-bitty bit of chance that the Jaguars don't take Trevor Lawrence, you want to leave that open until the last minute versus going, Jaguars are already in contract negotiations with Trevor Lawrence, plan to pick him number one, right? You don't want to hear that because then that, people are like, oh, we already know who's going first. Why should we watch yeah. the first 30 minutes of the show? That's right, yeah. Or the, the first six hours of the preview before <laughs> right. the draft, right? Where, where they're all like Mel Kuyper and and uh, Todd McShay are all like going into all the gymnastics about who uh-huh. could go where and, you know, the pluses and the minuses and who's got upside and who's got oily hips and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, no, you, from, a, from a ratings uh, point of view, yeah, you don't want NFL teams saying we're definitely going to pick Trevor Lawrence number one. You can, you know, go to take a nap for the first half hour or so and then come come back to pick number three. Mm-hmm. Yep, you don't want that. Now, something uh, good old Mike said this week was? Yeah, well, you know, our offense has been pretty darn good. Uh, you know, they were six in the league last year. Yeah, well, you know, our offense has been pretty darn good. Uh, you know, they are six in the league. Are they good? They were, yeah, they were good. Were they? But they weren't great. They weren't. They weren't, they weren't outstanding. They weren't the best offense in in the league, and that's what they needed to be last year for us to not finish seven and nine, or actually worse. But I, I think, and he was saying six. I think he was talking about yard total yards, uh, where well, where it, it really was, matters. It was is, fourth is, total is, yards, and then it was like eleventh in points. And I don't know where yeah. he got six. Maybe he averaged it because everybody when he said that went sixth. That wasn't one of the well, categories where yeah. so, The other thing is that these guys, you know, say a million things during a press conference and they don't necessarily have every stat at their fingertips. So fourth and sixth, probably, you know, he could might have had sixth in his so I'm not gonna I'll give him a pass on that. But we were definitely not sixth or fourth in points scored. Yeah. And that's where it really comes down to that. I mean that that's where the rubber hits the road. Uh, that's where sure, you can, <laughs> that's where, you know, the old saying, you score more points, you win the game. Yeah, that's generally how it works, right? Yeah, not how many more yards you you put up, right. because there were games where the Vikings had like a time of possession, first downs, yardage, and then lost. Uh huh. Yeah, there were also where it's games two to one we, difference, yeah, and yeah. and still yeah. lose. And there's been times in the past where they've been on the other side of that, had a yeah. third of it, and still won. Uh, I remember yeah. a game against was the Giants. I think it was where we had three interceptions or something like that against Eli way back. And the Giants had all the stats, but we had the points. And that's what matters. And Actually, that was 2007. Was it? And it was Meadowlands. And I think they had the Vikings had four interceptions in that game and, and two pick sixes. Mm-hmm. Chad Greenway had one, and Dwight Smith, I think, had one. Okay. Like it, or it might have even been five interceptions. Like they just 
Manning was brutal in that game. Like he totally lost it for them. Uh, and then it hard to believe that like a couple of months later, he, he played lights out for the whole playoffs and took them to a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. But anyway, we won't get into Patriots. that. Sort of beat the Patriots. Yeah. Undefeated. But uh, the Vikings offense. Good. Yeah. Is good. Good enough. No, nope. It isn't. And that is the big challenge for the Vikings this year is uh, it, what what you can make an argument for, I think now, is that with the defensive additions that we have made in free agency, that if that has could potentially, potentially, potentially being what the what's the old saying, a French word for not worth a damn or something like that, <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, potentially if the def- if it gets your defense to like the mid teens, fifteen, mm-hmm. sixteen, when last year you were ranked. 27th or 29th or depending on what you know anyway we were really bad yeah if if your defense you get your defense sort of middle of the road and your offense is still good to very good then that should be the difference between seven and nine to uh, nine and seven ten and six you know i know you make the playoffs again but you probably don't win the division and you probably Right. Don't get a first round bye, and you probably play one playoff game, and and then you're done. Uh, I think what we want to see is that that the offense, and I think the potential has been there, and we've said it before. We want the offense to be outstanding, top five, mm-hmm. five in scoring, top in scoring. Can't stop these guys. What are we going to do? Keep the defense off the field. That kind of offense, and you've got. The pieces to do it in a lot of cases, you got Cook, second, first, best running back in the league, second best running back in the league. Probably going to make a hard argument with the past two years saying he's better than Derrick Henry, but he ain't too far behind him if he isn't better than Henry. And they're two different Uh, styles. Two different styles, yeah. Uh, Cousins, we all have had a debate about that, but, you know, (laughs) hey, you you could do a lot worse. Uh, We have. We have many, many times in the past 20 years. J.J. Jefferson, man, what can you say? Kid's awesome. Adam Thielen, still very effective and probably was a bit underused last year. Irv Smith, haven't seen the best from him yet, but I feel Conklin, like we're going to. haven't seen the best Conklin. from him in a two-tight yep. end set. Yep. And he's going to be very motivated because he's going to be coming into a contract year next mm-hmm. year, which he, he may not may not get the contract from the Vikings, but there's motivation to be mm-hmm. definitely to play uh, your best. Get better, play your especially best. with all these free agent one-year contracts, they're all going to be motivated by the same thing. It's a contract year. Hughes, uh, even O'Neal, for that matter, going for the extensions, going to want to do his best until he gets that extension. Their money and job security helps motivate the world round, not just in football. And if they can play better and they know they can have a bigger payday, they're going to. And that bodes well going into this season. Yeah, and one of the things that will make, uh, certainly we don't want to downplay the defensive additions and, and what a difference that could make with how the offense could function because last year the Vikings were like pretty close to worst as far as starting field position for the offense. They were and also, also they were close to the worst as far as what the opposing offense got as far as starting field position. Now, now that's not a defensive thing so much. That's also partly special teams. But you, if your defense gets more stops uh, sooner, 
then the team is going to have to not going to have advanced as far up the field. And if they do punt, your offense is going to get the ball closer to midfield, midfield, right? So not as many yards to to chalk up, not as many first downs to get to get into scoring position. Assuming uh, we actually have a field goal kicker who can make a fucking field goal (laughs) beyond 30 yards. But it's but it, it, the, 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 a better defense certainly and better special teams coverage on punts and kickoffs will help the offense over the long term. Uh, but you know, uh, what I want to segue into as far as like offensive performance is Courtney Cronin had a good article I think this week based off of the the Zimmer press conference uh, from the week where he was kind of saying. Uh, and if you haven't read the article, basically she was saying is that Zimmer got his way in free agency. He loaded up on defense. All the, pretty much all the signings of people they acquired were on defense because he knew he had to fix it. He got his way, but offensively, there's still a lot of work to do for the Vikings and offensively that work is, and correct me if you feel I'm missing anything, but the, the work to do is wide receiver. Number three, even though That's we don't use them a lot, but you need to have somebody who can get the Especially job done there. If Jefferson or Thielen get hurt for an yep. amount of time. Mm-hmm. And we must recognize that Thielen is 30 now mm-hmm. and that he, uh, and that as you get older, it's a, you know, the, the tendency to get injured, especially at skill positions, I think is, is higher. And right. the recovery, recovering from it is probably tougher. At least that's what athletes it's say. Slower. The older you get, yeah. the slower it takes to recover. Yeah, I can. I think we can both say from aging, Dave, that it just slower is like the the, the common theme on all of that right. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so the uh, wide receiver number three, uh, at a lesser extent, backup quarterback. And in, in the case that it would be nice if we actually had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we don't right at the moment. And then offensive line, like Courtney, Courtney was pretty, I thought, pretty harsh and fair about because Zimmer kind of said, "Well, yeah, we don't have too many worries there. We got we got Rashad Hill, we got Oliudo, you know." There's the quote. And, yeah, yeah. There we go. There's the quote. We got Ezra Cleveland back, and I don't know if you and and the 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 I guess Courtney's narrative after that was like Hill's a backup. Uh, you know, and and Hill's a backup, and and Cleveland is like a first, second year guy who didn't play the full year, right. and then uh, and then you know, and she mentioned many other things. If you look at the offensive line right now, outside of Brian O'Neill, mm-hmm. who is the guy you have a lot of confidence in? Bradbury is going into his third year, and his first two haven't been all that impressive. Maybe it's not all his fault because of who has been starting next to him at guard. But it is what it is, uh, and people always groan. Although not some people groan about the the uh, like pro football focus and their mm-hmm. grades. And we've said many times, as a caveat, you know, we put out these grades because they're the only ones that do it, and it's the only metric we have other than the eye test to kind of say how this guy is doing on offensive right. lines. So, and so you look at that. You look at like, yeah, Rashad Hill. I like him more than maybe some other people do. I think he can start, but the fact is, he's been a backup his whole career, right. and he hasn't started a lot of games, and so. You don't have a big track record to say, yeah, if we put him in for 16 games, he's good. So if we're going with Hill, that's a big unknown. 
a guard dozier abysmal pass blocking rating uh, ratings in the pff and even the eye test would tell you right. that and then cleveland o'neill no issues but the other four even cleveland were not really sure like his grades weren't super duper when he played no, either. but he was an improvement at guard the yeah deal with cleveland is we drafted him to be a left tackle at least that's what everybody yep. thought and he didn't play a single snap at left tackle last year he was stuck at right guard because the guards were so terrible. Now, the question is, do they move him over either to left guard or bump him out to right guard if O'Neal moves to left guard? And the question is, we don't know. And Zimmer's like, ah, I got four people. I'm good to go. We'll just have a competition. Well, that's four people for two spots. You had yeah. Ole Udo in there, played 31 snaps in his career. 31. And one of those yep. games was against Chicago where all the second stringers played. Yeah. I, I, there could be a big jump over, you know, the offseason for both Udo, for both Cleveland, and I hope there is for Cleveland drafting him that high and with so much talent. But Hill has been basically a backup. Now, could he make that little step up and be a starter? Possibly. But none of us feel that calming sensation that, hey, the tackles are taken care of. And if yeah. you move Ezra out, right, then you need a right guard. And the question mm-hmm. is, well, who's doing that? Yeah, and yeah. The, the and one of the things that's I wanted to bring up is with the off Vikings offensive line is when you you talk about all these question marks on the offensive line, it would be one thing if you had confidence that the Vikings can fix those issues, but. As Vikings, <laughs> Mary's, Mary's, another year worrying about the O-line, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, as I, I always make this joke, Mary, but, we, yeah, we call that in the Vikings fanship Sunday yeah. uh, because every day we're worrying about the offensive line. But if you just look at the Vikings, like, uh, they've got these O-line issues all the time, all these questions. They got rid of Reef, and, okay, uh, they did that for financial reasons and – I think they knew that if we can't get him to restructure, we're going to have to let him go. That'll free up stuff for the defense, which of course was horrible last year right. and it'll allow us to attack them. But we do recognize they in the back of their mind, they're not going to say it publicly, but they did making that move. They knew that they were opening up another hole on the offensive line and, and making some creating more uncertainty for the offensive line. But what's worrying about this is that there's no track record under Zimmer or any of the offensive line coaches that he's had that they can take who what, the players that they have and make them better you, you, you know and, and i don't know what the problem I, is i kind of i would say there's one exception to that 2017 yeah. tony sperano got that offensive line to play to where it was mid-pack i think it was 17 but i that Keenum, was 17 Case Keenum, Case Keenum made them look better than they were well, actually were. that's I true. Think. A mobile quarterback or a quarterback that can help the offensive line by moving, right? Just if somebody's coming up on that guard or that tackle or whatever, if that quarterback can step just a half a step, a side step over, he now puts that offensive lineman in front of that defender. That helps his chance. And that is one thing that the great and wonderful Kirk Cousins has not demonstrated the ability to do. That is something that uh, Tom Brady does. 
an immobile quarterback, um, and some other immobile quarterbacks in history have all been able to do. And the other, without that, you need a mobile quarterback that can get away. And uh, I think Case Keenum was wonderful at moving out of the way, whether it be yeah. ducking a tackle or yeah. just sidestepping just a bit to see his receiver open and releasing the ball. The and he was and and occasionally and we we've also seen that in the in the teams he's played with subsequently is sometimes he would duck and and make some throws that you're like why in the hell are you doing that <laughs> but the uh the offensively though on the offensive line coach I don't know Dave like if you look I was just going through and this has been done before the show just looking at the players that the Vikings have drafted since Zimmer got here and it we've drafted and this includes last draft and and the you know the cleveland kyle hinton and blake brandell selections it's too early to call on those guys but i think uh and even bradbury and samia to some and udo to some extent because they're only in their second a lot of times it takes three years for an offensive lineman to develop into the nfl to know whether he's good you had the um one tackle that just got the 18 million per contract this Week last week, I want to say Wilford, but it's not Wilford. Um, and his first two seasons, he wasn't that good. It was his third season that he got it, and then boom, he goes into his second. He gets his extension from his first contract, and it's eighteen million per. So three years for an offensive lineman now nowadays is about normal. Yeah, and uh, I just wonder with. Under Zimmer, if you look at some of the guys like 2018, we we got O'Neill and then Colby Gossett. 2017, I'm just going to rattle these guys off that we've drafted. 2017, Elfline, Danny Isadora. Isadora was Elfline was in the third round. Isadora was in the fifth. 2016, Drew always loves this one. Willie Beavers, fourth round. 2015, TJ Clemens, fourth. Willie Beavers Tyre. is still in the league. Well. Good for Willie. I'm happy he's employed. I'm also happy he's not playing for the Vikings. <laughs> 2015, Tyrus Thompson, sixth round. Austin Shepard, seventh round. And then 2014, Zimmer's first year was David Yankee. And then 2019, we selected Bradbury, Samia in the fourth, Ali Udo in the seventh. Um, it's just, and last year, 2020 was a, but that's 14 offensive line we drafted during Zimmer's time here. Really the only guy that you could say out of that whole crew uh, from 2019 mm-hmm. to 2014, O'Neill is the only guy that's really performed up to snuff, I would say. A lot of those guys aren't on the team anymore. And granted, a lot of them were drafted fifth, sixth, seventh round. But what is. You know, that's part of the problem that I have and Vikings fans have with the whole offensive lineman thing is is we don't seem to be able to draft and develop these guys. Like, so is it a coaching problem or is it a scouting problem or is it they are they both problems? And we're just well, not I think it's a little we're bit just of both, not but getting I'd put, these I'd put more weight on the coaching problem because If you looked at all those drafts and you looked at all the mocks and all the evaluation, right, and all the evaluation on the Internet, you're you're basically sourcing it out. Most of them concurred with, yeah, this guy is this good. He's a good take at this position. Yeah. And and they agreed with that. Well, 
the Vikings take him at that position, and then they turn into nothing. That, at that point in time, is, well, everybody and their brother that does scouting on the internet says, hey, this guy's got some promise or talent. If they don't go beyond that, that's coaching, because coaching should be able to bring that up to the NFL standard and to grow it. If they haven't done that, it's absolutely on coaching, in my opinion, and I think that's I think that's the biggest weakness. So, you know, Zimmer takes and goes, hey, this guy's my new offensive coordinator, and he gets to pick his staff or whatever. It's it's that whole process of how Zimmer treats the offense has been wrong and broken for most of his time here. And he knows that we he talked about it, you know, he's focusing on fixing the defense and he wants to evolve the defense, right? Yep. To the offenses. Well, if these offenses are giving his defense that much trouble that he's got to evolve, he should be going, my offense needs to do those same things that frustrate me so that they can frustrate other teams. And it doesn't seem that way. It seems like offense, and Mary asked, do we see any new changes from Spawn of Kubiak? I see some coming, Mary, but I don't see a whole lot. But the Too early to tell. Right. Really? And, but they, haven't, takes, they haven't even done any workouts, right? You, you don't right. have all the guys you're going to have. Well, she's wondering specifically, are we going to see more from Kubiak? And Kubiak's deal should be what the defenses, you know, what do they do to shut me down? I need to evolve the offense to defeat that. And if there's other teams having offenses that can defeat that, I need to model mine after theirs, and then make the individual tweaks per player. All right, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins can't be as mobile as we want, so we need to refocus and put a little more effort on do this or do that. And I don't see that effort, or it's not portrayed in the media on the offensive side like it is on the defensive side, and that, to me, is the biggest fault of Mike Zimmer in his whole time here. And if he would do that, I think we could go from the 11th in points to a top five team that's uh, competing for the NFC Championship. And with Mike on the defense, you know the defense is going to get better. He had his one embarrassment years of his entire coaching career, and it was last year. You know that's going to get better. So... I just one I don't of the, know that one it's the, going to happen on the offense, though. Yeah, I, if for it to happen, though, you'd have to have a significant improvement on your offensive line performance, and that's where you're talking about me asking about is it scouting or is it coaching, coaching? and you're saying it's coaching. So we've got the same offensive line coach this year as we had last year. So how can you really believe that any things are going to get better if you've actually even at this point your offensive line is weaker than it was last year because you don't have – uh, Riley Reef as a tackle opposite O'Neill, and maybe you're even going to switch O'Neill to the left side, and blah 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 blah. But and, that comes you know, with just... a lot of that is not that the guys are bad, but that's where the coach needs to come in, and these are the techniques you're going to need. This is how you're going to do it. We're going to do it repetitively. Boom, boom, boom. We're going to run it through, and we're going to run it through until it's 
in your subconscious to do this on pass blocking, specifically on pass blocking. We're going to do drills and against seven on seven or, you know, the line on line in practices where you're working to where you have good form. And I'm going to harp on you to make sure your form is good, that you do your kickback to get backwards, that you are shuffling your feet, you're keeping your center balance here, your hips bent, and that you're not floating backwards, right, and have your back like this where you're off balance. So all a defensive end has to do is go a quick boom, and you're on your ass, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's getting on that, teaching that, which Dennison should know. He's had, we know Dennison can do a run blocking scheme, but he can do a pass blocking scheme, and he should know this, and so should the assistants, and it's just... It comes through repetition, learning, and insisting on it. It's 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 a motive. It's a motivational type deal. It's a. This is what we're demanding. You've got to do it. And here we're going to help you every which way we can to get you to do that. But it's got to have that effort and will behind it, and have Zimmer step in at times and say, "Hey, do this. You've got to do this. My defense is going to try to set you on your ass." I want you to set them on their butts. And if you can set them on their butts, I'm buying you steak dinners at Manny's tonight. Can you do it? Otherwise, my defense is getting champagne and girls, and you guys are getting nothing. And then make them compete, right? And get them motivated. I think something like that would work. But we don't see it. You did. Sorry. I, li- I like the. You can just hear the passion you had for like uh, the offensive line there, David. Just it just shines right through. It's. Uh, I didn't. It's how I grew up. It's it's. It was a competition, whether it be one on one or line versus line. You did your damnedest to defeat the other line, even if it was bigger and better than you are. Right, you you wanted those wins, and you did everything you could. And you learned early, or I learned early, thanks to Andy Lang, an all-pro, four-year all-pro, all-American, played for Texas. That technique trumps just about everything else. And -hmm. if you can beat that guy that weighs 100 pounds more than you do, just with pure technique, if you master that, you're putting him on his backside. And there's nothing more fun than... Look in him in the eyes as he looks up at you and going, good rap. See you on the next <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully that the, the technique will, uh, there'll be good coaching this year and the offensive line hopefully. will improve. Uh, but uh, as, a, as the old saying goes, hope is not a plan. And um, I remain <laughs> unconvinced that, that this will, uh, that, the Vikings offensive line is going to be significantly better than it was last year, but um, let's see what happens. In, in, the rest in, of free in, in which case, yeah, in which case, yeah, they, I, I don't know. I should have looked up, but there, I still think like, uh, like Trey Turner is still available, right. As a, 
as a as a guard, a free agent, or did he I, get I signed? Think, I, no, I, I, I think he's still up available. I don't know that for sure, but I think so. That, I know and that's probably uh, that's probably says a lot in itself that a guy with that track record is is still out there looking for a job. So maybe you know the name, like I was talking about with Peterson. I try not to base my free agent, uh, you know, my uh, my. Um, my evaluation of a free agent signing based on the the, the name on the back of the jersey, uh, so so that could you know Turner may not be if nobody wants him, or maybe he's asking too high of a price for 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 teams to sign him. But uh, but anyway, he, he's just a name that has been mentioned many times. He plays a position where we don't really have a whole lot of great talent. Um, if there was some way that we could financially make it work. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I wouldn't be opposed to that being it being as Austin Blythe, re, you know, signed somewhere else, and he was a guy we were targeting, and may you know we had an offer on the table. <laughs> well, speaking of offers on the table, yesterday, um, we found out that Trey Brown, offensive young offensive tackle for the Raiders was traded to the Patriots. Guess who had an offer on the table? So Brown was with the Ravens, right? No. Not the Brown, Raiders. Not Orlando Brown. Trey Brown. Oh, yeah. Well, it, and, and he uh, was with the Raiders. But he is a former Patriot too, right? No, I don't believe so. He's 27 years old, uh, plays, I think, right tackle. Right or left tackle. He, his scores were in the 70s. Uh, across the board, and he was a good young tackle. But the Raiders are cash strapped, so they were rather than extend him, they're looking to free up cash because they're a cash poor franchise and they didn't get all that income last year. They let him go and then he went to the Patriots. But the Vikings did indeed have an offer on the table for a young good offensive tackle some yeah I, I sometimes you yeah you get the offer on the table sometimes you get beat out mm-hmm. on those offers right and we don't know what the vikings and it offered a, for it that and matter of draft choices from what i read i don't know what draft choices they were offering yeah those draft choices i think yeah that, that's we don't know it, it it's possible that Although the Patriots usually don't get have a reputation for not getting swindled on trades, right. but uh, but if, if sometimes the asking price is too high and that uh, it's somewhere that the Vikings aren't willing to go, I'm not not knowing what they offered. I'm not going to be too hard on them for not getting Brown. Right. Um, but and considering you know we are. We had a few less bullets than maybe we would we would have had last year, just because like a second round pick might have been something if you've got it, but you hadn't already traded it to the Baltimore Ravens for a guy that played That's for true. your team for for five games. Uh, you, maybe you could have offered that to them, but and that goes but down to the that. scouting department again because they thought he was going to be the answer. That turns out didn't mesh. No, right? and so that that. Purely on, to me, on the scouting department because they know how their team operates. <sighs> Who knows? But 
Yeah, but just, yeah, I, if if somehow you had traded Brown for like a first and our first and something else, I don't know. I don't know how happy I would have been with that, and and maybe maybe well, I'm being a bit in, bit you'd have maybe I'm being a, yeah maybe I'd be a bit inconsistent about that because when we talked a few weeks ago about Orlando Brown and trading for him, I, I think I may have said that I would have been okay with trading a number one for him because like you say, you're getting a starting tackle. So that's basically your draft pick right there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know as much about Brown from the Raiders as I do about Orlando. So maybe it's more of a name recognition thing, but uh, that's, yeah, but the Vikings had an offer on the table. It didn't get accepted. The Raiders took what they thought was a better offer. Mm-hmm. You know, game on, right? right. That's uh, how I, the system I, works. It's how it works, and uh, at least we know that uh, – I guess that indicates that the Vikings are certainly not content with where their offensive line is at right now and not content that Rashad Hill could be the starting – one of the starting tackles right. as opposed still to – still working it. Still working it, and – I, depending on, you know, you've, who knows, because these are all mocks, right? But like, I keep on going back to Kuiper, not that Kuiper knows what teams want to do, but he had the whole scenario where the Vikings, Penny Sewell drops and the Vikings trade up to get Sewell. And if like, if that were to happen, you know, it'd be like, that's like fist pump. Yeah. Fist pump oh, territory yes. for for Vikings fans that you could get Sewell, who's probably considered maybe the best left tackle prospect in the past several years, right. and then you could slide him in there next to Brian O'Neill. He's only twenty. Boom, baby. Yeah, but he had his pro day this last week, and they said his arms are too short. <clears throat> they were like thirty three and a half inches or something like that. His arms are too short. You can't have. Vikings like long. They like their linemen to be long. You can't have a guy with two short arms, 33 and a whatever, a half. And uh, PFF came out and goes, oh, what, like these? And started listing a whole bunch of all-pro tackles that were under 34 inches in their arm length. Yeah. Uh, he if, if Sewell dropped within range and we got him, I would be extremely happy on air and you would have to come on speaking of on air in the draft we are what three weeks away less than three weeks away something like that or uh, a little bit more than three weeks away three and a half weeks away climbing the pocket network is planning draft coverage all three days all three days from round one on thursday round two and three on friday and all of saturday we're going to be here. And one of those people that will be popping on is the one and only Darren Campbell. And hopefully, if we trade up, if Sewell drops a little bit because they're mad about taking quarterbacks and pushing everybody else down the board, and he comes on, I want Darren to chime in that night. Call up. We'll have him on hold. And then, boom. You'll hear Darren talk about, we got Sewell, and I'll be out here going, yeah. (laughs) I just just can't wait to see what happens on the third day. (laughs) We don't have a seventh-round pick right now, and and Spielman traded one of of our two sixths for for Cole. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way he's going into the third day with not like 20 seventh-rounders. Right. Yeah, like there's, it's, there's one, probably, of, one of the 
one of those four, one of those five fourth rounders we have is going to get turned into like a pick for next year, <laughs> a five and twenty seven rounders. Yeah, you know, there's two things that are going to happen in this draft, guaranteed. One, we're going to do something to get a second rounder back and have a dra- uh, have a pick in the second round. And two, Rick Spielman's going to trade something to get at least one seventh, if not about fifty of them. Well, last year it was, I'm not going to say ridiculous, but it was just like from like the fourth round on every time the Vikings are on the clock. Oh, the Vikings aren't on the clock. They made they a trade traded back. They traded back. And then it was, it just went on and on and on and on. They and did on like three and on in a row of those and people yeah. started to get upset. Mm-hmm. Now that's how we ended up with like 15 picks, but it was just. Uh, but if nobody beyond the fourth round makes the team. Well, most of those, most of those guys, yeah, most of those guys were practice squad fodder, and uh, yeah, it was just, I don't know, it just like, why would you at some point, why do you even pay attention anymore? Because you know that the Vikings aren't going to pick when they're going to pick, right? They're going to trade back and pick twenty picks later, or in another round. Vikings are on the clock. Do they keep it? Well, no, no. It was just, yeah, it was just last year seemed even more ridiculous than previous years but it's all anyway about it's, Rick setting the record it's good i don't know it and then it's good fun too um the draft's always it like uh, the draft's always fun even i actually like kind of like the third day more than the first day just because you got more picks and more stuff happens and it's and you're and trying to figure out a time between picks yeah, yeah. It's like every two minutes somebody's picking, so things go quickly, and you're like, "Who's this guy? I never heard of him." Well, I say that anyway because I've never heard of like three quarters of, of them. Yeah, they're just like, "Oh, he went to Appalachian State. Awesome." You know, I don't even. There's where is that? guys from Appalachian State on the board? Um, oh, I think Colby Gossett was from Appalachian State. State, yeah, there's I think. Been a few, so that's good. Any last words while we wrap this up? Well, I would still, uh, I, as we uh, get into the second or third wave of, of free agency, I, I would still like to, I'm hoping that the Vikings do uh, pick up something along the offensive line to go with what they have now, particularly at the guard situation. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to do that. Things have been pretty quiet. But I don't think there was any signings this week that I can remember of any note. Uh, well, I'm sorry, that's not true. Dozier, we did sign Dozier this week, right? I don't know if that really yeah, counts. It was, it was earlier in the week. Yeah, but I, I would just like to see the Vikings, if they could do a little bit more on the offensive line. I don't know if they've got like 50 cents left in the salary cap or how they've it all goes. They've got a little goes. over $7 million right now, and that's without extending um, Hunter or uh, Harrison or... Thanks for tuning in, Mary. Or I think you might have... for that matter, or or the in case of emergency break glass and renegotiating cousins and giving him more bonus. So a little over seven million they can spend. If they actually wanted to, they could do more, but and that's and we still have the um Rudolph money yeah. hits in June first. And things have been very quiet on the Daniil Hunter front. I would, I would be, I don't know how, if it's going to happen, but I would like to see on him and his contract status right now. Really, 
because I, I, I am very worried that somehow he doesn't end up playing next year, in which case our def- our pass rush is going to be just as bad as it was last year uh, without Daniil Hunter. So let's make sure that he is happy, or if he's not happy, then make a trade and, <laughs> and get it. So you've got assets that you can have some assets where you can address that issue that big hole gaping hole that's going to be there pass rushing in but we i'd like to see something done with daniel hunter on that I situation don't i don't think i will either within the next week and the maybe Vikings that maybe usually do their extensions closer to the season round camp time and but if he is but if he is not happy with his contract situation you know, the, and we're not there yet, but the Vikings, if they're going to make a trade, they're going to have to, it wouldn't happen next to, week. They're going to have to make it on draft, draft right. week, draft weekend. So I don't know. I would do, I'm just, that's, that's one of those things where, yeah, I would, I just want that like situation to get taken care of mm-hmm. one way or the other. But yeah, that's, those are my parting words. Well, with that, everybody stay safe, stay healthy. And as always, Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.